three, one, two, three. This is Buccaneers Total Access with head coach Todd Bowles. Hey, that's a hell of a job coming down here being the good football team. Three-step drop, throws all the end zone. Caught ball, touchdown Tampa Bay. Mike Evans reaches up with one hand and grabs it in. Brought to you by Advent Health. With award-winning care and a network of convenient locations, Advent Health is here to help you feel whole. Learn more at yourcareyournetwork.com. Fire the cannons! Now your host, Bucks team reporter Casey Phillips and head coach Todd Bowles. Welcome to the Todd Bowles Show. Casey Phillips here with head coach Todd Bowles. First of all, congratulations on the win. Had you Thank asked you. Santa for this win? Is, was this on the Christmas list of like, and yes, and just another game-winning drive that I'm sure gave you even more anxiety and more stress than normal for Christmas. I, I asked Santa to make it a blowout. and <laughs> Santa didn't deliver. He didn't deliver that one, so... But he came through at the end, and I'll, I'll take it anywhere we can take it. However it works. What did this win mean to this team, both in terms of the games that have happened recently, but then also, of course, in the standings and what these last couple games now can look like for you guys? I think it meant it was probably a little more frustration because we always pull them out at the end, and it shows us what we can be if we just play four quarters. So we understand that part of it. So going into this week, we're going to try to put together four quarters to win the division and try to win it going away. I heard an analyst talk about how teams are incredibly poor record-wise across the league after a dramatic come-from-behind uh, sort of drive. How do you try to maintain, like, I think I would have always thought it's this great momentum thing that could carry through. How do you try to, is it maybe more of a trying to keep the energy up after something that was so kind of emotionally exhausting? Well, because we have another big one coming this week, I don't think it'll be a problem trying to get up for this ball game. Just the fact that we had to travel from the West Coast back here, but it, it's it's for the division. You know, there's nothing that needs to be said. Everybody knows the importance of the game coming up. I know that uh, Leonard Fournette, this was his fourth game of the season with over 100 scrimmage yards. Um, he's done that 10 times since joining the Bucks, since the most of any player in that stretch, um, longest reception of his career. Just tell us a little bit about what you saw from him in the game and how important he ended up being to the outcome. Well, Lenny's been great. He's been great for the running backs. He's been great for Rashad. And then when he comes in the game, uh, he makes plays. He's tough. He competes. He's a competitor. He breaks a lot of tackles. He understands blitz concepts. Uh, we think we have a very good one-two punch between him and Rashad. Does that one-two punch seem to have maybe put Fournette in a better position in December that maybe he isn't quite as beat up or, uh, you know, as tired, you know, doesn't have quite as many miles on him essentially as, as you might if you're having to do all the work? I don't think it's put any more better position on him. I think he's a little more rested that way. I think he's a little more focused, uh, so to speak, not having to do everything all the time. And, you know, it, it showed yesterday. What all goes into the decision of when, how, and how much you use each of them? How much is that before the game? How much is that based on how the game goes and how each of those guys are doing? What are the factors there? Rashad's the starter. We know that. And then we'll put Lenny in after a couple series, and then we'll just ride the hot hand. If, if Lenny's going right away, if Rashad's going good, he'll stay in longer. If Lenny's going good, he'll stay in longer. And then we'll rotate him accordingly. I know some of the issues this year have been getting away from the run game either because of you're already just down so much you're having to do that or maybe some of the things about it aren't working. 
But this game, you know, there's even some moments where, you know, three attempts at getting a yard fail, but you guys stuck with the run game this time and it ended up being able to pan out more. What went into that decision to still stick with it and, and what maybe evolved as the game went on to get a little bit more success there? Well, we got alignment down, so when you got alignment down, you got to be able to run the football. You don't want to let J.J. Watt rush every time. And just running the ball helps us. It helps the defense. It helps the special teams. I think it helps our play-action passing game. So although not successful, we got to be able to get a yard and short yards. We got to be able to get one yard. That 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 has to get better. So going forward, but running the ball and helping out the linemen, you know, it's easier to run block than it is to pass block. We just got to stay on a little bit longer. And uh, tell us about the the interceptions and what happened on those plays. Oof. Uh, one of them I thought was a bad throw. Obviously, the one on the seven route where they caught. One in the red zone, I think, miscommunication or he was getting pressure out of his feet and he let it go early and the guy turned around and made a play and the ball was off target. How much is it a coincidence that they were both to Mike or is it a factor of some of those still lingering uh, chemistry issues potentially between Brady and Mike and, and is it how much is it on the same page versus just the plays that the Cardinals were making? Well, we're on the same page and uh, you know the chemistry is there. Mike gets doubled mostly all the time so if the ball is thrown to him we got to make sure it's very accurate and then we just got to make sure we keep getting ways to get him open so we can get the ball to him so the chemistry part doesn't matter. Mike commands two people all the time. And how about uh, that game-winning drive, having both Mike and Russell Gage make a couple really key plays to get you guys in that field goal position? What did they do well on that drive, and, and what was the offense doing well overall? I thought Russ played one of his best games since he's been back uh, receiving and blocking the ball. And Mike, uh, they went zero blitz on with Tom one time, and Tom made a pinpoint pass to the sideline on Mike. I thought that was huge right there. I think that helped to get us in field goal range or close to it. But that was a huge play right there because there was zero blitz coverage and DB didn't have bad coverage and it's hard to throw an out route, so to speak, pinpoint with that people with that pressure coming in your face. Yeah, and knowing that, knowing some of the injuries with the offensive line, factoring all of that in, uh, what was Brady's day like and, and what did you see about the way he, he handled some of that and, and the types of throws he was making? We moved the ball early, you know, in the middle of the game. We kind of stalled a little bit. They got us on some two third and twos, I think. We didn't get done. We didn't execute. And then we got a penalty that kept us out, backed us up from the red zone. Uh, the two picks, obviously, you don't want the turnover, so we got to be better there. But he closed out the game uh, sharp as can be. So he came back and won it. He, he knows the importance of it. He got rid of the ball. He got everybody on the same page, and he won the game. Kate Otten, I know, um, you know, 84% of the snaps really out there a whole lot, but uh, seven targets, just just two catches for 12 yards. I know he had a penalty. Um, what were some of the maybe the struggles that weren't working as well for him this game as we've seen some others from him? I don't think it was just him. I think it was a lot of people. But, you know, we kept him in the block sometime and helped chip and do those things. Uh, one pass he could have caught was a little bit behind him. But, again, they played coverage. And they, they mix their zone and man real well. we got to do a better job of deciphering that. And I know that this is the fourth time this year the offensive line has held them without a sack. And uh, what would you say is the play of them overall, especially factoring in, you know, all of the injuries and all of the issues? They fight, you know, they battle. Obviously, Tristan just coming back, not fully healthy, but he battled. Walton battled. Uh, Leverett battled, Hainsey battled, and Shaq battled. They battled. You know, obviously, we don't want our quarterback hit, but at the same time, those guys fight, and they're going to do everything they can to keep him clean. 
Uh, man, if you're going to have a beat-up offensive line going against J.J. Watt, not always the ideal situation, but especially when he looks like the J.J. Watt of five years ago suddenly. Uh, what, what did you think about the way that the guys tried to handle him? How much were you trying to scheme for him going into the game and then trying to make adjustments for how he was playing during the game? Well, we knew where he was. You know, he was single-handedly responsible for uh, two short yard stops himself, uh, jumping around blocks and making a play. But he's a great player, but we still got to get a hat on the hat longer and make sure those guys don't make those type of plays. And uh, tell us a little bit about Josh Wells. We know a uh, tough injury and, and just what that means um, to him and the team and, you know, what it's like to watch a guy like that go down. Josh has been playing great. You know, since he filled in for Tristan, he's been playing very well. And then the switch to left tackle as a swing tackle, he's probably one of the better ones in the league. And it was tough to see him go down because he, he was really doing well for us. And, you know, he's really making a name for himself. So that one was tough. And he's a very likable guy, works very hard. Everybody likes the guy. And, you know, that was a tough one to see. And when you have a ton of injuries at any one position, that's always going to be hard. But I would say tackle probably one of the, the ones you would least like to be down to your, you know, fourth or fifth string guy um, just because of the importance of the position. So what are the odds that you think you could have it be Donovan and Tristan they're together again next week and and how do you factor in if a guy's banged up you know what percent is it maybe better to go with a backup than the starter if he can go but isn't really his full self if a starter can go then it becomes a reliability you know what can you do if you can do that well and you can hang in there and we know you can fight we'll let you play if not we'll let the backups play um, how about the idea of the defense overall in this game? I mean, kept the offense in it for so long and, and did an incredible job in terms of holding them to so few points early. Um, what were the, the high-level takeaways you, you thought for the defense? Well, we were very good on third down, obviously. Uh, for the most part, other than the two plays, the deep ball that he got, that Mike misjudged, and the run play for the touchdown on miscommunication, I thought they did a good job keeping the quarterback in the pocket and not allowing him to go crazy running the football. Uh, I think we can tackle a little bit better, but overall, schematically, those guys working together did a good job. And I know they were only 5 of 19 on third down. What worked so well getting off the field in those situations? Just making sure there was an extra rusher and making sure he didn't have clean windows to look at and changing the windows up on him, just being a first-time starter. So that was big for us. I know the offense or the outside linebackers, that's another position that's been hit by injuries lately. And uh, you're having, you know, Anthony Nelson and Joe Tryanshenka play every snap. And uh, just what did you see from the two of those guys and the way they were able to get after it playing the whole game? Well, they were both disciplined. I thought they played the run better, at least setting the edge from that part. Anthony got the big sack early. They got Devin the fumble recovery. Uh, was good. Uh, Joe had some pressures. The ball was coming out, but he was reacting to the the flare passes and the quick game real well going back to play the ball. And what would you have said if I told you before the game you're going to hold DeAndre Hopkins to one catch for four yards? I think that, uh, that would have probably been a pretty good Christmas gift to say. That would have been a great Christmas gift. I probably wouldn't have believed you. But yeah. <laughs> so what was it that you guys were able to do to produce that when that, that is a guy that very few teams can, can do that to? Just mixing up the coverages, you know, taking away – some of the things he liked to do best and then part of the time making the quarterback look to the other side away from him and not giving him that first read. And how about the play of Carlton Davis and Sean Murphy bunting? I know each of them kind of had their turns with him and Sean had a couple pass breakups there. Uh, what did you see from each of those guys? 
Well, Carton's continuing his play from last week. He also was good in run support. Sean's extremely smart. He, he understands the game plan as well as anybody, and he understands what he sees, what's coming at him. So he plays even faster than what he's looking at. And he made some plays yesterday. Again, he had two good weeks of game prep, and he had two good games. I know Mike Edwards and Antoine Winfield Jr. both kind of coming off some injuries and still ended up having to play um, almost all of the game. What did you see from the two of them of the way they, they've fought through the injury and the contributions that they had? I thought they moved around okay. You know, the tackling wasn't where it needed to be on either of them, but I thought they got guys down. Uh, Mike just gave up the one play, but other than that, they played well. Casey Phillips here with head coach Todd Bowles. I know that Logan Ryan is a guy who... Uh, is a big contributor in terms of not just his actual play, but his communication. And uh, I know he ended up having to step in there and make some pretty big plays this last game. So what have you seen from him since coming back from the injury overall and just the role that he plays for the secondary? Logan's huge. He's, he's the guy that gets everybody together for film prep. Uh, he demands communication on the field. He goes from safety to safety to nickel understanding each position. He knows where the ball's going. He, he kind of yells out to where the play is going and what to look for. So he's big for everybody on defense. He's kind of our vocal quarterback, so to speak. And how about the special teams play? Uh, I know that there was the fake punt that they were able to convert, and uh, there was one big return in particular by Pharaoh Cooper. So um, what did you think in terms of our return game, the coverage, all of those different units? We know Ryan Suckup came through clutch for you guys for sure, but uh, how about on the other parts of the special teams unit? I thought Jake did a good job kicking it out of the end zone. You know, we're a little short lately, but he kicked it out of the end zone. Suckup was great. Uh, we got to defend the fake punt. We had it. We just lined up too wide. Uh, we got to get inside a little more to defend the fake punt. But our coverage units up and down, we got to be more consistent. They didn't give up the big play other than the punt return by Farrell Cooper. But we got to understand where the ball's at, and we got to punt it the right way too. So we got to be better that way. What is it going to be like this week going into a game knowing that it almost feels a bit like a playoff game in the sense of win and you're in idea of um, just the significance of the, the situation that getting this win sets you guys up for this week? What is the message you're going to have for the team and, and what is the, the feeling going into a game like that that still you know, a couple weeks left in the regular season feels a little bit like that playoff atmosphere? Well, our message is simple. Just pay attention to the details. You know, Pay attention to the details. Football doesn't change. We know it's a big game. They don't have to be told. They understood that as soon as we won last night. Uh, they'll get back in here Wednesday, and they'll be ready to work. What do you think are some of the biggest things that you guys learned from that first matchup with the Panthers that can still be applied now, even with some of the changes in both teams? Well, defensively, it's gap control. You know, Gap control, not jumping out of your gap, trying to make a play. Offensively, we just got to try to make plays underneath, getting balls uh, Obviously, we had the big play early, but we got to be consistent and keep them on the field longer than just three and outs. How about the P.J. Walker versus Sam Darnold idea of how this changes the Panthers and, and what all they do and, and the difference in facing each of those guys? I don't think it changes them. I think Steve Wilkes changed them when he got the head job. I think they became a tougher team. They're very good in the run game. They do a lot more on defense than they were, and they become, they believe in it. You know, they got a lot of belief. They got a lot of young talent right now, and they're playing good football. So I think he's changed them. Yeah, how, talk about their run game a little bit. And I know that was a big area that didn't go well in the first matchup. So what are the things that you feel like you saw about that and that they did well to, to learn from for this matchup? Again, gap control defense. It's gap control defense. We got to understand 
If you got a gap, be in your gap. That, that's really about the size of it. These guys are tough. They're, gonna, they're not going to stop running it, and it's going to be a bloodbath. How about their defense, and who are some of the individual guys that stand out for you about that group? Well, Derek Brown's had a heck of a year down there. Uh, D-tackle, he's he's unbelievable player, been playing very well coming into his own. Brian Burns has an outstanding year as well. Uh, they got two corners that play very well. J.C. Horn liked a lot coming out. He's coming back from his injuries, coming into his own. So they got some guys that can make a bunch of plays. So what was it like ultimately playing on Christmas, spending the whole weekend with your, your football family as, uh, as compared to it. How did you guys try to, to make it still seem uh, fun and festive? It didn't feel like Christmas being out in Arizona. You know, the weather's beautiful, the desert type of atmosphere, but being in the hotel and being around each other and nothing not really being open, you get to spend time around the guys. And, you know, it, it was a good, fun, joking, casual atmosphere for the most part. That's great. And I think probably this time of year that can be uh, really important. And I know now for you guys, though, it's what a tough draw of, in terms of the schedule of it is all the way across the country. It is the night game. You're landing at, you know, 6, 7 in the morning. And then the Panthers got to play the day before you guys. So it's almost like you guys kind of feel like you have a short week, I imagine, more, a little bit more of like a Monday night game feel. Does that adjust anything about how you guys do the schedule this week or the workload that you give some of the guys this week during practice? Maybe the workload, but the schedule will be the same. The players get two days off, the coaches don't. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the coaches have a short week, the players have a normal week. So <laughs> we'll adjust that going forward. And we'll make sure once we get the injury reports, we'll see what practice looks like. If you were to say maybe one key to a win this next week against the Panthers, one on each side of the ball, what do you think it would be? Offensively starting fast. Um, Establishing the run game defensively, stopping the run. Yep. Stopping the run. And then I would love to know, are you a uh, are you a New Year's resolution guy now that we're coming up on it this next weekend? Absolutely not. <laughs> Absolutely not. Absolutely Why did I know not. that would be your answer? Have you, you've never made resolutions? Maybe about 10 years ago. <laughs> and I keep them true for about a month, and yeah. then I go back, so I just stop making them. Yeah, see, that's what all I of us do. We just them. we just keep every year thinking this so I, is the year. I stop making You stop doing it. Okay, so I'm going to make you do it for the team. If you were to make a, a couple New Year's resolutions for the team, uh, what do you think it would be? Win a Super Bowl. It's <laughs> <laughs> only one. There's only one. There's only one. That makes it easier. Um, for you guys looking at the Panthers, I, I think it's so interesting to see how they looked like a team that was throwing in the towel this year when they're trading people away and they're bringing in a replacement head coach that it looked like this was a, you know what, we're going to start rebuilding for the future. And then for them to now be one of the hottest teams in the league these last several weeks, what do you attribute that to? What is it like to play a team like that where it feels a little bit like that uh, nothing to lose mentality? How, how does that make a team a little more dangerous potentially? Well, they're dangerous because they're playing for something just like we are. So, you know, it, it's they've always had talent. They've always had talent. It, it's just all blending together now. It's blended together. They realize they're a good team. They know they're a good team. And we realize they're a good team, but we think we're a good team as well. So it should be a heck of a ball game. And I know you've known Steve Wilkes for a while. What has it been like to watch him um, captain that ship and, and do such a, a great job of, of getting it turned around? I think it's great for him what he's done and what he's done to the city and what he's doing to that team. Hopefully uh, he gets to keep that job.
well, Coach, thank you so much as always for your time, especially after we know a very long trip, long flight uh, Christmas weekend. We hope that you're still getting some good time with your family and everything, and uh, good luck this week. Thank you. Appreciate it. Coming up next on Buccaneers Total Access, we'll have assistant secondary coach Tim Atkins. Brought to you by Advent Health, this is Buccaneers Radio. Buccaneers Total Access, brought to you by Advent Health. Pressure coming up the gut, and Pescott goes down. He's sacked for the first time of the game. Devin White, linebacker blitz. Now more with head coach Todd Bowles and Bucks team reporter Casey Phillips. Welcome back into Buccaneers Total Access. First half of the show, we had head coach Todd Bowles, and now I am so excited to be joined by assistant secondary coach Tim Atkins. Coach, thanks for being with us. Oh, thanks for having me. This is your debut on this show. There's a lot of pressure with this. It is. I've been told, though, that I have a face for radio. <laughs> So you were so this right. is a, And then they also followed that up by saying, I have a voice for a newspaper. Oh, good. So this is probably right, right up, up your alley then. Right <laughs> up your shot. alley. This is amazing. Well, at least we got you a win to talk about. Uh, you Excellent. know, the, you, drew the, you drew the good draw there of if you get to talk about a win. Uh, and tell me just a little bit about what it felt like on the sideline, in the locker room, on the plane after a win like this to know the significance of it for trying to secure the division, trying to make the playoffs, and, and the position it puts you in this week as compared to what a loss would have done? It's always a good thing to win, obviously. It's something that you strive for. You all, players, coaches all put in just a lot of hours throughout the week to prepare, to get ready for the game. And so when you go out there and then the players perform the way that you hope that they will for the game, uh, that always makes, makes, makes you happy. And then... You know, as you get over there on the sideline in between series, the players were all engaged, you know, trying to figure out what we can do better, uh, how we can play a little bit better, what adjustments we need to make. So that was good. It had good energy, you know, throughout the game. And so that kind of kept uh, everybody going and pulling in the same direction. Yeah, that's and a big deal. So then once, you know, once the game is over, once, you know, you get down to those two minutes and then you're like, okay, now, now we're heading to overtime. You're like, you're, you know. Just like you would have liked when you know you have an all-night yeah. flight. Yeah, West do. Coast trip. It's West perfect. Coast, yeah, who doesn't want to no do pro- that on Christmas night? No problem. Yeah. Let's just keep this going a little longer. Let's see if we can play into the 26th of December. Yeah. <laughs> so. um, what happened, especially well on third down, I mean, you guys held them to 5 of 19 and, and were able to get off the field a lot, which was, was a big deal. What seemed to be working well, particularly in terms of getting off the field on third down? I think Coach Bulls does a good job. Uh, with devising the third down game plan. You know, we sit in there, Coach Ross kind of draws it up and scouts it out for us, and then we put together a game plan that'll confuse the quarterback a little bit, give him some different looks, give him different windows, move guys around, put different personnel out there on the field, and then occasionally, too, you'll send some pressure. Uh, and so we got good, good pressure on him on third down, we were able to get in his face, force early throws. And then there are times, too, where they are going to make the completion, but the guys rally up and, and make the tackle before they get to the sticks. I said this to, to Bowles, too, and I'll say it to you. It's like the beginning of those 30 for 30s. What if I told you? What if I told you that DeAndre Hopkins was going to have one catch for four yards? If I told you that before the game, what would you have said? You'd take it every game. <laughs> yeah. Sign me up. Sign me up every time. Tell me about what worked well from a game plan standpoint, from an execution standpoint, all the guys that it took to make that stat possible? Well, I think, first off, our you know two of the corners, uh, 
Carlton Davis and, and Sean Murphy Bunning did an excellent job of defending him, uh, giving him, getting in his face, getting good jams on the line of scrimmage, getting him in his face and making those throws difficult, you know, for the quarterback to even throw into those tight windows. And so it really it's a credit to those guys in uh, carrying out the game plan and, and, and doing a great job on a, on a really good ride receiver. Yeah, and how did the two of those guys look, even not just on him, but the game overall? And especially, you know, Sean wasn't getting as many snaps earlier in the year, but then with injuries and other things, he's he's really been asked to do a lot more lately. So just this game in particular, those two guys, uh, what did you see from them overall? Well, I think, you know, and it's a credit to them, especially Sean, because like you said, he's, you know, he has been hurt, you know, so he sat out a little bit and, you know, moved him to nickel, played nickel for a game. Now we were moving him back outside to the corner spot. And so that's a lot to learn. It's a lot to take in. And like I said, it's a credit to him because, you know, he's uh, a guy that'll say, I, I think this is a good matchup for me this week, or I want this guy. And uh, Carlton does the same thing. You know, he gets geeked up. We, we challenged him this week to uh, do a good job tackling in the run game. And then obviously, number 10, uh, Hopkins, you got to always know where he's at. You always got to figure that they're going to find a way to get him the ball. So like a, it's, a, it's a credit to those two guys uh, and really the defense of doing a good job of, of limiting him. And what is it meant to be missing Jamel these last uh, you know, couple games here and, and just what you guys have had to do to try to make up for that? Yeah, it's... You know, anytime you lose somebody that's starting, you know, it puts pressure. And like Coach Bulls will always say, it's this next man up mentality. But, um, you know, losing Dean was, uh, you know, something that, that you never hoped to happen. But like, you know, we're talking about with Sean, he stepped up and has played well. Uh, we had uh, Zion get in there for some games as well. And, and so it's just a process of, of those guys you know, taking what the game plan is, studying the film on their own, uh, and then taking that game plan to the game with their film study and putting it all together. And, you know, you can tell the last couple of weeks uh, in the secondary with Bunning and with Carlton and, and the safety, all those guys that they've, they've put the time in to know what's coming, to, to have a feel for what they need to d defend. We're talking to assistant secondary coach Tim Atkins. Um, in terms of, I know Mike Edwards and Antoine Winfield Jr., they both were coming off an injury, both had, had missed some time, had to battle to, to be in a position to play, and then played all but two and five snaps, respectively. And uh, what did you see from their play, particularly coming off of injury and uh, just the way they were able to, to still be out there and contributing? Yeah, that was something that, you know, as you get into the week, you have to plan for. You know, both of those guys really didn't get any reps in practice for most of the week. And so you're sitting there saying, okay, they're, they're, they're trying to get back, they're trying to go, they're trying to play, but yet they're not getting any of the live practice reps. And so then how are they going to perform? How are they going to play in the game? You know, that's something that you always think about and always have in the back of your mind. And then the other thing too is, let's say they do go out there and they tweak something that's, you know, hurting a little bit. Now they got to come out, you know, you got to, like we talked about earlier, you got to have your backups ready to go. They've got to do the same game prep that your starters do. And but it was a credit to both Win and Mike for you know being being there, playing well, and getting helping the team get the the big W. 
I saw that Logan Ryan was definitely asked to make some big plays in this game and, and had some important snaps out there. Uh, what did you see from his performance? Uh, Logan is, is, is really a, a very intelligent player. Uh, and that's the first thing that we kind of noticed once he came here this offseason, how smart he was. You know, obviously being the, the vet that he is, he's had some, some reps. And it's good to have him in, in the secondary because he's a, he talks. You know, that's one of the big things, too, that in the secondary you've got to talk, you've got to communicate, what do you see? Because really you're defending vertically, you know, the entire field, but horizontally you got 53 yeah. yards to defend as well. So something that's happening on the left side, you know, may be affecting the right side. So you got to talk, you got to communicate, and Logan does a really good job at that. He helps uh, the younger guys too as far as, you know, teaching them how to, how to be a veteran, how to, how to play, how to study, how to digest the playbook yeah and study it learn it and so that you not only know your spot what you're doing but what everybody's role on that particular defensive play is and so you know I carried out over to the game yesterday as far as 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 Logan's play made some uh, good tackles big stops and 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 did well in coverage as well yeah, he seems like a guy that I, I know that had to be hard to be missing him when he was on IR as well and, and dealing with that injury. Um, and you know, he was on one of our radio shows recently, and it was so interesting to hear how intentional he is about all of that in terms of the relationships he cultivates with the guys in those rooms and figuring out what works for each of them individually on how to communicate and speak to them on their level. And it really was amazing to hear how seriously he takes that role of the off-the-field stuff. Um, did you see him still doing that even when he was injured? And, and just what did you guys miss during that time? Yeah, well, obviously his, his leadership on the field, like we talked about, is communication. Um, but the thing that impresses you with him is when, when he was on IR and he was able to come out to practice uh, once that foot healed up uh, enough where he could stand for the length of practice, you know, he's talking to the guys, he's, he's, he's telling them what he sees, he's telling the younger guys how he would play that, you know, when you get this, expect, you know, this. And, and so that's what we missed, you know, for those couple of weeks that he wasn't around, you know, due to the surgery. Yeah. And, and just, just his, like I said, his veteran leadership. What was it like to be on the road all weekend for Christmas with just the team? And, and normally, you guys, a, a typical road trip, you don't get into the city until, you know, 6 p.m. maybe the night before the game. But this time you go in on a Friday because it's a West Coast trip. And so all Christmas Eve, all Christmas Day, you guys are, it's, it's just you guys together out there. What, what was that like and how did you guys try to still make it seem maybe a little Christmassy? That is always a little bit of a challenge, you know, when you have those, those, those two-day trips. As, you know, you got to figure out, uh, or, you know, getting and planning around the meeting schedules and, and all that. But, you know, especially for a Christmas holiday, being a, away from family, you know, at least now there's FaceTime and things like that that you can call back and see people, see family, you know, watch, you know, them open Christmas presents at 4.30 in the morning, <laughs> Arizona time. And, uh, you know, but... Again, in Phoenix, it was, you know, it was 70, 75, so, you know, you'd see the players out and about. There's, in, in the hotel, there's a little grassy area that they were all kind of hanging around at. Some of them went into the, they had some hot tubs and pools that they would just kind of, they would lounge in. Um, but, 
you know, overall it's just a thing more of getting those players, especially on a Saturday, get off your feet as much as you can because you know on Sunday, you know, it's big going to be a big leg day. And, and so you want them off their feet just in the hotel room. The nice thing, too, was on Saturday was that, you know, a lot of those other NFL games were being played. So it gave them something to watch and something to occupy their time and, and keep them off of their feet. All right, we still have more coming up here in Buccaneers Total Access with assistant secondary coach Tim Atkins, brought to you by Advent Health. This is Buccaneers Radio. You're listening to Buccaneers Total Access with head coach Todd Bowles and Bucks insider Casey Phillips, brought to you by Advent Health. Welcome back into Buccaneers Total Access with assistant secondary coach Tim Atkins. Um, I know that before this you were the defensive quality control coach, and I imagine when you told people that, a lot of people were like, what does that mean? I feel like that's one of the roles that outside of the NFL world, people understand things about certain position coaches or coordinators, but I feel like that you guys are like the unsung heroes of the coaching staff. Uh, so tell me about what the defensive quality control role was and then how you transitioned from that into assistant secondary coach. Okay, well, I appreciate that first off. Uh, coach Rapone says that for the last three years, I was the glue that kept the defensive staff wow, together. Wow, that's impressive. I think that was just a flattering <laughs> a way to flatter me but but you'll take it I'll way. take it no question um, so really defensive quality control you're in charge of doing all the all the things that prepare the defensive staff for the week so you work ahead and you start breaking down opponents so like we're playing Carolina this upcoming week so that game films are already broken down from the quality control coach and then the following week we're at Atlanta, so he's working on that now, breaking down those games. Um, so in addition to the film breakdown stuff, you're responsible for putting all the scattering report stuff together, doing the playbook. And so it's really a time, it takes a lot of time to, to, to do all that. So yeah. you've got to be a good time management person. You've got to be able to allocate you know, what you're going to do, what needs priority first and then second and third and go from there and once you kind of get into it though once you get into the season once you get into the routine you know it's all the same so you know I like to always say that it's not really like Groundhog Day right but it's Groundhog Week yeah. so your Mondays are always going to be your Mondays for mm -hmm. 17 weeks same with Tuesdays Wednesday yeah. you know so on and so forth so then what do you like about your role now how did that kind of shift for you and, and what that means for you on a day-to-day -day basis so, you know, obviously, you know, you, you break in in the quality control role, and then your goal is to eventually move up and, and then eventually get your own room and be in charge of a position group and stuff. So I think this was a good opportunity to take what I learned in the quality control role and now apply that to the secondary and working with Coach Rapone and Coach Ross you know, I'm able to, to now hear them talk and, and speak and, and coach and learn and teach and all that stuff. Where when I was in the quality control role, I was with our inside linebackers and Coach Caldwell. But because of the, the time that is needed for that role, I wasn't able to sit in on all the meetings and, and go to all of them. And so right. now in this new role, I'm able to do that. So not only can I help coach, teach, but I'm also listening to the position coach coach and teach it as well. So yeah. I can kind of watch the film, see what I would say, but then hear what he actually does say right. and see how, how close I am, yeah. you know, to, to being ready. 
And the secondary is so interesting because of the fact that they do have to work so closely together that, yeah, you have corners and you have safeties and they each have their own position coach. But then, I mean, heck, you even have guys like Winfield that are kind of playing both. And Mm -hmm. it is a lot more of a cohesive unit than it's not like you have other position groups where typically a guy just all of a sudden plays another position over here and needs to these two groups need to be exactly on the same page. So what is the uniqueness of that, of how those two groups work together, how those coaches work together, and what that means for you to get a chance to be a part of the whole secondary in terms of corners and safeties? Well, I think, you know, like you talked about with, with Winfield, he's, he's playing safety and base. Sometimes he'll go to nickel in, in our nickel or sub-package defense. Um, and you got the same thing with Sean Murphy Bunning going from corner. Sometimes he'll play nickel. And so what I've noticed and learned sitting in those rooms are that you know you got to teach that specific defense corner wise but then you also got to relay it to the nickel see what he does and then the safeties and so usually you know in our defense the safeties make the calls the coverage calls so they'll make all the adjustments either based on formation based on play they're going to be communicating so then the corners got to listen and hear what those calls are so that they know what they're supposed to be doing to help them out. And so, and then obviously that changes if, 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 if Sean's, you know, a corner in base and then he moves to nickel, you know, that's a whole nother thing that he's got to know and learn. And it's just, uh, it's, it's, it's really a lot. Well, I had a coach that I used to work for that really said that coaching in the NFL is like getting a PhD in football. Hmm. You, you know, there's just a lot of studying, it's a lot of learning, and by the time you get done with the season, you know, it's just really a lot of football in that, and you've, you've, you've learned and consumed a bunch watching and, re, you know, studying yeah. and all that. What would you say are the biggest things you've learned since coming here in, in that front, that as you've done all this studying, what would be your dissertation that if you were doing that PhD in football at this point? Wow, there's there's really so much because I came in with Todd from the New York Jets where I was with Mike Caldwell at the inside linebackers room and then I was here with him for three years and now moving to the secondary. Really what I've learned in the secondary now just this this year has been, uh, you know, the initial alignments, assignments, that's kind of how you kind of get started. You get get the huddle call. And then, okay, based on that, what's my alignment? Where do I stand? How do I stand? What's my assignment? What's the coverage? What's the play call for? And so I've learned the, really the specifics of that as far as it relates to the secondary. And I first started coaching high school football out in Phoenix, and I coached in the secondary. So that's kind of how I started. But yeah. like I said, this is like getting a Ph.D. because yeah. you're talking about uh, specifics. You know, if we're a cover four – cover three, whatever the case may be, you know, Coach Rapone wants the safeties 10 yards deep, here 12 yards deep. You know, which foot is up? Yeah. You know, if you come down in the box, now what foot is up? Mm. What do you got to do on this play? Where, you know, then you also incorporate run fits. You know, so not only do you have to cover, but if they run the ball, you have a certain gap that you have to fill. And like I said, there's just it's a, lot. a lot to it. Yeah. So, so I like guess it's really... Uh, it's been it's been good. It's been uh, eye opening, really. Yeah. So yeah, that's huge. Uh, we're talking to assistant secondary coach Tim Atkins. Um, for you, you talked about that you were with Coach Bowles with the Jets, and then now here as well. And 
what are the, the biggest things that you like about coaching uh, with Bowles, for Bowles, his system, you know, both on and off the field in terms of being with him? Uh, what, what has that been like for you? Oof, there's really not a better man to work for than Coach Bowles. I mean, he uh, cares about you, cares about your family, and that's really kind of first and foremost. And uh, so that's, you know, kind of refreshing too. Sometimes you, you work for guys that it's just football, football, football. Everything has to be about football. And I've really not had, like the hours at the Jets were were, were pretty similar mm-hmm. where, you know, there's a lot of staffs that, that grind. They, they may stay or sleep in the office, you know, Monday, Tuesday, even a Wednesday night. But, you know, since I've worked for him, you know, I've not come close to that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I've been, I, I was a quality control coach at, at another, uh, for another team where I would leave, I would leave the office at one or two in the morning, you know, on a Tuesday night, getting ready for the Wednesday initial game plan wow. meeting and stuff. So I've not had anything like that. So that's just, you know, you get sleep. So now you're more refreshed, you're more yeah. alert, you can help coach better, you yeah. know, you're just a better overall person. Yeah, that's incredible. And, and what do you like about his scheme and especially how it relates to the secondary the things they're asked to do the things that they get to do that they enjoy about it you know what do you you see about how that affects them well his his scheme is really uh, diverse and it really depends on the opponent that you're playing as far as what you're going to get from him and it's diverse enough where the other team too doesn't know what's going to be coming on a week-to-week basis you know you, you may get a lot of 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 coverage one week you may get a lot of blitzes the next week and so it just depends on kind of how he sees it, how he uh, feels the game is developing uh, throughout the course of the game. And, uh, you know, like I said, it's, it's multiple too. So you got a lot of different personnel packages. You got base, big base. We got nickel, big nickel, you know, uh, dime package and stuff. So it, it really gets diverse as far as what you can do. And it's really interesting to see how he takes the pieces that we have on defense, the different players, and utilizes them to the best of their ability to help the defense succeed overall too. So uh, that's that's really been a, a good thing to witness from him. Yeah, and we talked a little bit about Antoine Winfield Jr. going from the safety to the nickel. I mean, this is a guy that day one as a safety, as a rookie, was killing it and was such a huge contributor to that Super Bowl team. What has it been like to watch him grow in the safety position and then be asked to make such a huge change pretty early in his career. That's been something that uh, Wynn has really just excelled at. Uh, never once complained about anything, always tries to get better, always tries to be a better football player. You know, in the, in the, in the meeting rooms, he'll ask questions and they're intelligent questions as far as, you know, what to do. This is how I see it. Um, you know, and Coach Rapone will go through too and ask the players, because they're the ones that are on the field on game days how they would see it too. So, you know, you utilize the film and and you kind of talk through some of those things. But it's really been a credit to him as far as just his overall preparation for the game too because, you know, he's got to prep for being a safety. He's got to prep for being a nickel. Uh, You know, and so it's it's one of those things where, you know, all that takes time. But you get into the meeting rooms, you get at practice, he's always talking, he's always talking football. It's always, you know, at least in in the building, it's always about football for him. And um, that's just really been a a good thing for us as a defense because I think we're better 
you know, when he's on the field. Yeah, absolutely. All right, we have one more segment coming up here on Buccaneers Total Access with assistant secondary coach Tim Atkins, brought to you by Advent Health. This is Buccaneers Radio. Buccaneers Total Access with head coach Todd Bowles now continues, brought to you by Advent Health. Welcome back into Buccaneers Total Access. I'm joined by assistant secondary coach Tim Atkins. Uh, we talked a little bit about uh, this last game and, and how Carlton played, but I'd also love just to hear, since you've been here watching him grow and evolve and just what his biggest strengths are to this point uh, and maybe some of the things you guys are, are still working on with him. He does a really good job at, you know, like um, a couple of weeks ago, you know, we asked him to travel and cover a specific receiver. So there are certain weeks that the game plan calls for that. And so we trust him to be able to go and take that receiver on and lock him down. And now we don't have to worry about him or that side of the ball or anything like that. And he does a really good job, um, you know, getting a, getting a jam, being where he's supposed to be, uh, playing hard. And I even remember back in, uh, in Germany for that Seattle game, you know, it was getting down to uh, the point where we thought Seattle was going to try to run the ball a little bit more. And watching their film and tape, a lot of times their running backs like to bounce it outside. So in between series, I went over and I was kind of telling him, challenging the corners, you guys are going to have to tackle. You know, they're going to try to run the ball, milk the clock a little bit here. He's like, coach, we got you, coach. We got you, coach. No problem. Don't worry about it. That's awesome. And so the very next series, we go out there on first down. They got into uh, 13 personnel and ran a ran an inside zone that the running back bounced right to him. He made a one-yard tackle. So uh, that's, you know, credit to him, and, and, and he really likes to study and put in the extra work as well as far as just being a more complete and overall corner. Yeah, and same thing for Jamel. You know, this is the year where he won the, the starting role early on in terms of the, the depth chart, and um, he's a guy that you've known all along. He's got incredible physical abilities in terms of his length and his speed combination. Uh, what were the things, was it the physical stuff? Was it the mental side of the game? What were the things that he really improved on that made you guys say, yeah, this is the guy that has, has earned the starting role opposite Carlton? Dean just getting into training camp, just the plays that he was making. He was making more plays, was in the in the right position more often than not, and was able to then, and therefore make make the plays in in training camp. So that's kind of a thing that you watch once once you're out there and you're going against our offense. Who can make a play? Who's who's in the right spot? And who can you trust? And I think it's a really a credit to Dean because there's a lot of times that he'll go up and spend time on uh, with Coach Bulls. Like he'll he'll go into Coach Bulls' office, he'll sit on the couch, and they'll watch tape together. Coach Bulls will kind of go through stuff, and so he's he's a guy that'll come up, talk to Coach Ross, you know, just try to get extra work, extra mental reps. I think that's kind of helped his progress too. You know, like you said, he's always had the physical ability. He's had that really fast speed. He's got good length. I think really the, the mental part has come along here in the last year or two to where he can put it all together, and, and now he's playing well. That's amazing. We're talking to assistant secondary coach Tim Atkins. I know that Zion, uh, you know, later round pick and 
missed a lot of training camp with injuries, which is always hard for, for rookies at any position. And um, But then he's ended up being thrown into the, the fire a few times due to injuries this year. So um, what have you guys seen from him in terms of some of the potential that he has moving forward and the things that he still needs to, to grow in? Well, I think, I think with Zion, he's, you know, obviously some of his numbers from the combine were, were off the charts. Um, I think he's, he scored or had the best time in, a, in, the, in, the, in the three cone drill. So that's really a change of direction drill. So, you know, that tells you he's got the acceleration, he's got good quicks. And so that's something that, that's exciting because that means he can hang with some of the faster, you know, receivers that we go against. And so I think it's just with him a little bit of a, of a learning experience, obviously, where the more reps he gets, practice and game, the better he's going to get. Um, it's a thing where if you just, you know, one of the things you know, we're working on is, is just opening up his, his vision as far as when, yeah. he, when he's back there playing because, you know, like we talked about, you've got to be able to see the whole field. You've got to know what's coming. You, gotta, you can't just zero in on, on one guy all the time based on the call so that's something that we're working with them on okay and then now uh finally here this panthers game uh this could do it this could be the thing that moves you into the playoffs and wins the division and um we know the first matchup this season was not everybody's favorite day playing football um so what are the the biggest lessons you guys feel like you have learned since that matchup and and the keys in terms of especially from the secondary perspective you know obviously i think coach arians would always say this is a a hat and t-shirt game where if you win this game, you get the NFC South champions hat and T-shirt that goes along with, with, with the victory and stuff. And so I think, you know, looking back at that game that we played against them, there, we really gave up a couple big plays that, that we shouldn't have. But that's where, you know, somebody gets out of their gap in the run game. You know, we have a communication problem in the secondary uh, just be able to put it all together because, like we're talking about, this is a hat and t-shirt game, mm-hmm. and it's a game that you gotta you gotta win. All right. Well, Coach, thank you so much for taking the time out to talk to us on this uh, crazy week after a crazy travel night. We really appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. All right. Well, thank you for all joining us here on Buccaneers Total Access, brought to you by Evan Health. This is Buccaneers Radio.